Blog Talk Radio. Call in, so uh, you know that might that might be a little bit later. 
Oh, wow. Okay. And I think this might be him. Let's see. Hey, okay, I'm here. Nash, is that you? Hey. Yes, sir. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Fan and Hokey Smash, a.k.a. my man Mark, from the ACC Sports Discussion, the All Sports Discussion, rather, ACC Sports Blogs Edition 2, founders of the of Sports Blog 2, main contributors to Sports Blogs. So this will be fun. Let's get to it. So, I saw my man Jeff um, <laughs> trolled Paul Feinbaum of one of ESPN slash SEC Network, uh, or people will call it the ESPN. The, the, the ES, uh, SE fan, if you will, uh, it's, it's, it's both the two are, uh, are intertwined, as is the AC network as well. well. We'll get to that in a minute. Paul Feinbaum just trolling the hell out of Dabble, and Dabble just hitting him back. I mean, first of all, Feinbaum called him a whiny, a baby who needs a pacifier, who's the worst winner of all sports. And Dabble, after buttering Paul Feinbaum up, Responded, and I quote, I was told by a person, I'm I'm paraphrasing now, I was told by a person who's very wise not to listen to someone who you you, you wouldn't seek advice from. So, which I thought was was awesome. I think the back and forth is awesome as well, but let's just call it what it is, fellas. Feinbaum is the ultimate troll. That's what he does well. And God bless him for it. I mean, that's what ESPN hired him for, to be the, the SEC honk. To, to, to wave the flag, to throw on the pom-poms, and to troll every other conference, especially the Atlantic Coast Conference. So, Jeff, since you've been, um, since you've been trolling Paul Weinbaum hardest, like the hardest in social media, let me give you the first crack on it. it to me, this is, this, this is, is this not, am I wrong to think that this is hilarious, the back and forth between Dabo and Feinbaum? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's, it's really funny. I mean, Feinbaum, he's built his his career, you know, on this sort of stuff. But uh, you know, it looks like he's pretty much met his match with Dabo because uh, I, I think Dabo is probably the most quotable college football coach since Steve Spurrier. I mean, he just he puts right. out one liner stuff that catches your attention, and you know, when when Dabo said that about I I don't uh, you know worry about from criticism from people I don't wouldn't take advice from. I mean, that was. That was just great, yeah. um, that was you know. Awesome. And then I can, yeah. And you can kind of understand, you know. Feinbaum's a SEC guy. His his Alabama team, you know, gets thumped in the title game, and then they're knocked out of the playoffs. And I mean, Clemson is, is basically the biggest threat to to SEC supremacy. So it, it's it's kind of understandable why he might have so much dislike for them. Right. Exactly. And 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 Mark. I, I like I think that this whole thing started narrative started and um uh Mark Packer and and and, and um and 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 um like I forget his co-host name on 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 Packer and Durham. What Durham said this morning he said it best. This whole narrative started the day when Clemson beat Alabama by four touchdowns. They they wanted the SEC guys wanted an excuse to paint upon Clemson as to why and just 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 to have like another narrative pinned on them. They couldn't say that Clemson wasn't any good. They couldn't say that Clemson was lucky. They can't be lucky being the supposed best team of all time by four touchdowns, right? So what they do, they crap on the conference and their schedule. So that's where we are at right now, and it's one of those things where the only thing 
thing that would that would cure that ill is for Clemson to possibly win it all again. Was beating LSU or Georgia or whoever the hell comes out of SEC. So let me just have your thoughts on that as, as far as why the pundits on ESPN, namely the SEC folks, wanted wanted to change the narrative on Clemson. Is this because of insecurities, or what is, in your opinion? Well, I, I guess in my opinion, right? I mean, they've got their own property that they have to be worried about. I felt like a little bit of a conspiracy theorist here, right? But they have the SEC network, and they got to keep their viewers happy, right? So part of that's ratings, I think. But yeah, I mean, there's. I think there's a sense of entitlement on many on many SEC uh, fans, SEC media that they that they. Have you know that they can knock Clemson down down a notch whenever they get the chance to, right? I mean, because right. I mean, here's the here's the thing. Here's the, here's the here's the thing, Scott. I mean, I I don't live vicariously by the University of Virginia winning a men's basketball championship, right? Even though they're in the ACC, right? right? I'm a Virginia Tech alumnus, but I think there's a lot of SEC fans that live vicariously through the success of other SEC teams, regardless of the sport. And so, you know, take South Carolina, for example, the Gamecocks. You're going to hear that SEC chant thump, thump, thump. You know, if LSU, you know, let's say LSU loses to Georgia and they're the fourth seed. I'm just throwing that out hypothetically. You're going to hear right. the SEC chant if they play Ohio State. You know, you know what I mean, sort of thing. So, I mean, I think there's a lot to do. With that sort of uh, with that sort of love and bias toward the uh, toward the SEC. Yeah, and 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 what's 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 to me, man? I think again, you know, it's funny because you mentioned the SEC being a, a, ESPN's property, so it's the ACC, and so which I thought think find it funny that this shit was allowed to happen for the past I don't know half like past eight nine months in counting. So I'm just thinking, there's someone from is there anyone from the ACC and Matt I'll throw it right uh, right back at you. Is there someone from the ACC network or someone again playing some conspiracy theories here? Is there someone from the ACC side set up to, as a rebuttal to one Feinbaum, or are they going to just 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 be like Bohican and take it up the rear end and just keep it moving? I mean, what's what? What gives you? I mean, we, I we, mean need, a, we need a power five of our own. <laughs> well, I, I'll refer to I'll refer to one of. I mean, I think both Jeff and I have talked about this at the site, but I think we think that Danny Cannell would be the former Florida State University quarterback would be perfect yes. in that role. I mean, we've mentioned before that. I mean, obviously, I think you know Packer and Durham do a good job. I mean, they are the ACC historians for sure. But and, and David right. David Teal for that matter, AJ, ACC historian, right in the print media. But I, I think that if Danny Cannell was down there, he might be he might give uh, he might give Feinbaum a run for his money in, in that in that Homer area code. What are your thoughts, Jeff? No, I think you're right on, Matt. I mean, I love I love Packer, I love Durham. You know, I listen to their show every day. They definitely are ACC guys. They defend. Yeah, they, de- they you know they defend the the ACC uh, Packer in particular. He'll he'll say you know things once in a while, but 
you know, none of them are on the level of, of Feinbaum of saying just, you know, just wild stuff. And I, I think, um, you know, I think Cannell could be that guy because he's 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 prone to just say, you know, the most outlandish thing against the SEC out there. And I, I think he'd be a, a, you know, a great opposite. You know, not, I would still have the Packer Durham show for sure. But is this like a mouthpiece for the ACC network? I, I think you'd have a lot of fun with with Cannell. And he, the thing about him is he would drive opposing fan bases, especially the SEC guys, crazy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, to me, you know, another person like besides Danny, uh, Danny Cannell that I think could work is is if if he wanted to, if this particular person wants to come on, um, I just. God, his name slips my mind. Um, like, uh, like he does work with um, with Spencer Tillman sometimes on for, for like like for CBS and Fox for, for like for the college football coverage. God, I guess his name just slips my mind. Uh, I follow him on Twitter too. God, I hate that. But anyway, uh, uh, it's gonna come. Not Tim. Not Tim Brando, soon. is it or? Tim Brando. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of because yeah. Tim Brando. He 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 does some work for the ACC, ACC with the conference service of football games and basketball games in the past, and he's no stranger to the controversy that's with the SEC and because the cartel. <laughs> um, so I think he would be a good one too if he wanted it. If if he would want it, something tells me that he would. If, if he would be the perfect foil to me. For 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 Paul mm-hmm. Feinbaum, but then I I could definitely accept Danny Cannell because he perhaps is the loudest of cheerleader is one of the loudest cheerleaders of the ACC, and he takes it on Twitter and he loves taking it on Twitter too. So <laughs> give him just about his responses. Um, but I mean I mean Jeff, I mean here's the thing, brother. I mean, what the hell can Clemson do about their schedule? They play who they play. And not only do they win those games, they dominate the hell of those games. Now, granted, there was this one – there was a Carolina game earlier this year where, like, Matt Brown almost put a rabbit out of his hat and beat him with a two-point conversion at the end, which I think the committee and the voters punished Clemson forever over. And the fact that the committee had Clemson as fifth in this initial rankings goes to show you how little they value Clemson, even though they're the undefeated defending champions. Defending champs who are, by the way, on a 27-game winning streak, and it's probably going to be 28 at the end, of, like at the end of this weekend. So, if you're Clemson, I mean, all you could do is just win, right, and just kick ass and like come come playoff time. Don't you think, Jeff? And that would be like, yeah, I mean, oh. yeah, they've done all they can do. I mean, yeah. You know that game against North Carolina, it it raised some questions, but it definitely got got over overdone when it happened, and and that's what I think drives Dabo so crazy is that it was like like you said, less than a month ago they were ranked fifth in in the country without losing a game, and uh, you know Dabo is going to use even the the slightest any seeming slight against his team, he's going to use it. And I mean, he's going to get that Clemson team motivated. It doesn't matter if they're winning by like 40 a game. If somebody said something three months ago, he's going to use it, and that's that's part of his brilliance uh, right now. Is that you know he's going to find something to to motivate and focus his team. 
and the way Clemson's playing right now, I mean, they did look a little shaky earlier. I think we, we all can agree on that, you know, nearly losing the North Carolina game, a little bit of inconsistency on the offensive side of the ball in September. But, I mean, right now they're just they're just rolling right now. They're just steamrolling teams. Um, you know, for 20, 25 minutes into a game, and they're already basically sitting starters, and, and not against terrible teams. I know the ACC is down, but, you know, Louisville is not a terrible football team. Blew them out. Florida right. State has some players. Blew them out. South Carolina beat Georgia. That wasn't even competitive. Right. And, you know, right. they're, 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 just, they're just mowing people down right now. They're really playing at an extremely high level. Yeah, and the thing is, speaking of South Carolina, I know Georgia has some impressive wins. I get it. They beat down Florida. I I get that. I mean, they beat Auburn, okay? That loss to South Carolina has to count for something. They've lost, known that, they lost from at home. And it's a four, what's the what South Carolina's record, four and eight? They lost to a four, four and eight. eight South Carolina team at home, the same team that Clemson boat raced by 30 points. On, on, With their like third the string part. With their third-string yes. quarterback. Yes, but yet they just love Georgia for some reason. I, I don't. I don't get it. It's, I, I just don't get it. I, I just don't get. It. it is what it is. I mean, that's why it's it, even though the ACC and SEC are both ESPN properties. The the the, the love for Georgia and 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 us also is just me or to Georgia has trouble scoring on their own girlfriends. They they they, they their offense is just terrible. And you know the fact the fact of the matter is, is they're gonna is, I, you know, look in the end it's gonna work itself out anyway because LSU is gonna mop the floor of, of Georgia. This shouldn't be even close. Yeah, I'll be shocked if Georgia stays within 15 points of LSU. So it's gonna work itself out anyway. But the fact that Georgia is still just fucking high over Utah and Oklahoma at that, which Oklahoma. Oklahoma's loss to Kansas State is not near as bad as Georgia's loss to um, South Carolina, if we want to be honest about it. And Utah's loss to, at USC, an eight, an eight or nine win USC team, as a matter of fact, is not near as bad as losing at home to a four and eight South Carolina squad. I'm just saying, Matthew, it might be an affair, or 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 in my preaching to the choir of you and Jeff. I think you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> I'll be short when I say that. I just, I just can't believe I just can't believe that George is getting so much damn love in the college football playoff rankings. Again, I I understand. I think it's going to work itself out in the end anyway. George is going to lose this coming weekend to LSU anyway. They're going to get the asses kicked by them more than likely. But why why no love for Utah? And either one of you can answer this question. Why no love for Utah and no love for Oklahoma? I mean, it seems like, you know, they have to they, – they're making Utah and Oklahoma jump through loops and hoops, rather, to get to the fourth spot. Even though, again, both Utah's and Oklahoma's loss, only loss is nowhere as bad as Georgia's loss to South Carolina. Any one of you could chime in on this, but I'm just – that's just frustrates the hell out of me. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. 
I, I think with with Oklahoma, I'll start with them first. Um, yeah, man. Oklahoma does look does, they look a little, they do they look questionable as a playoff team. Uh, I mean, they went down to the final possession, got away with a with a call against TCU, um, came down to the last moment against uh, Iowa State. Iowa State had to come back from you know 25 down against Baylor, and so with Oklahoma, you know I think Jalen Hurts has been great. I think the offense has been really good. But with them, I can kind of understand the question marks behind behind Oklahoma. Uh, Utah, I think, is in a different category because I think Utah is really good. I think they are they are extremely well coached. They have a great defense. Um, the the quarterback uh, is it Hunley? I, his name escapes me at the moment. It has has a completion percentage I think over the last several weeks around like seventy five percent or something utah is a really good team they're blowing out people i think washington's been the only team you know the last two months has been able to stay with them and you know it's it, they're, they're suffering from that same thing as clemson you know it's that schedule um and and georgia's getting the benefit of the you know of the doubt by knocking off florida uh you know knocking off auburn right now like you said Georgia, they're an elite defensive team. They're great on defense. I think they're one of the three best teams in the country on defense. But that offense, um, you know, it's got issues. I mean, they were in a struggle. The final score was 52-7 to against Georgia Tech. But it was, you know, Georgia Tech was a missed field goal from that from being, uh, you know, 17-10 at the half. And Jake Fromm is, boy, I tell you, I bet Kirby Smart regrets every single day that he let Justin Fields get away and that he's got from who yeah. I think has regressed since his freshman year. I mean, he was really accurate early in his career. And now, I mean, you get a wide open guy, he's going to miss some 50% of the time, a wide open passer. And you, like you said, against LSU, unless they come up with a defensive performance of a lifetime, uh, I mean, Auburn held LSU to 23. So they, they have a puncher's chance, but Wow, I really can't see LSU of Georgia winning that game against that offense and Burroughs. Um, and you saw LSU's defense really come up big against Texas A&M, who's not very good themselves, but it was still a, one of their better deform- defensive performances of the year. Uh, if, if it comes down to it, um, I think Utah should get that fourth spot. But if Georgia – if they win the SEC, and this is where it gets dicey, if they win the SEC – it's going to be really hard to keep yeah. them out at 12 and one. Do you keep LSU in the playoff? Are you going to snub Utah out? Yeah. I don't think you can do that because they're, they're one of the top four teams yeah. in the country if they beat Oregon. Right. I, you know, you know, here's the thing. LSU's resume is so awesome. I and mean, that's one of those things. I mean, they beat Alabama at Alabama. I know Alabama can stop a nosebleed, but nevertheless, they beat Alabama at Alabama. They beat Auburn. They smashed Florida. Um, they beat Texas on the road, even though Texas turned out to be overrated. But that, nevertheless, that was a road win at a Power 5 school. That's dicey. You're right. That's dicey if they lose to Georgia. It's hard to keep them out. It's hard to keep LSU out. Similar to Ohio State, if they were to lose to Wisconsin, it's hard to keep Ohio State out because of the great quality wins they have on the resume as well. Um, Penn State. Uh, um, uh, who else? Um, Cincinnati. 
a good Cincinnati team that just boat raced them early in the season. Uh, of course, winning at Michigan, even though Michigan is about to, is like won nine games and they're a little overrated, but still, that's a good Michigan team. I, I don't know how you could keep, keep those two out in the scenario if they were both were to lose the conference game, the conference championship games. Now it gets really dicey for Clemson because the narrative is already is already established. Was already established. The ACC, even though they're right about this, the ACC is down. The ACC is terrible, <laughs> but still, Virginia is a good team. And even though I think Virginia Tech would have given Clemson a better game because of matchups, in my just 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 my opinion, um, I mean you can't really fault Clemson for losing to a nine-win team. You know what I'm saying? So, but but then again, the actual narrative has been established against Clemson. So what you're looking at at this particular scenario is if chaos, if chaos were to go down, and as much as I love chaos, it's going to be really crazy. Would you keep? Would you kick either Ohio State, LSU, or Clemson out in favor of perhaps a two-loss Wisconsin, a Georgia team that got that lost to South Carolina at home, and you know, well, Virginia's not getting in there, so that's that's a good issue. But would it be a possibility to get the, the other one of those three teams to be kicked out of the top four? Uh, Matt, I mean uh, Matt. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to do with all chaos, with all chaos there. I can, I can, I think <laughs> I can. Ass- I uh, what I can now. assure you, man, is that uh, I, I'm going to put a different scenario to you. I, I actually think that. Okay, do you guys agree that LSU has a suspect, suspect defense? Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. That's going to be. I I happen to think that that game could be closer than people think. Maybe I'll be the outlier here and think that that game isn't going to be a blowout by LSU. Yeah, like you'll have a close first half, then maybe LSU pulls away. But I'm almost certain. I mean, probably going on to your next topic. I think Clemson's going to beat the spread against Virginia. I think the, the spread oh, opened at twenty three and a half. It's now twenty eight and a half. I still think I think that Clemson is going to cover that, and I actually think that Clemson may advance the seed or two in the rankings. Is my opinion. I mean, I actually think that they have a chance to. Be, I think they have a chance to be the two seed, and if Ohio State has a close game with Wisconsin, the committee's going to have something to think about in terms of how they rate Clemson in the final playoff ranking, right. given that they're the defending champion. So, yeah. you know, I, I take I guess I take a much different view at that because I, I, I don't really see a whole lot of chaos happening this weekend, but I do see that Clemson could be a big beneficiary after this weekend. Well, for that to happen, I'm again, I, well, first of all, like before I go on, is there any way in hell that Virginia could stay within two touchdowns of Clemson? No. Anyone? No. <laughs> exactly. No. No. And, and in fact, I thought Virginia Tech. I thought Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. And we can go. Let's go back to that. I, I want to just briefly discuss that Commonwealth Cup. Yeah. Go ahead. Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech did itself in by having more turnovers than Virginia. I mean, I wrote a post this year. Jeff's well aware of that. I wrote a post this year about how 
If Virginia Tech takes care of the ball, they're going to win the game. They're going to win the games. If they don't turn the ball over, they're going to win because the offense was right. so much better with Hendon, you know, Hendon, Hendon Hooker in there at quarterback. I mean, right. it was a complete sea change at offense. And with the type of mobility that he has, plus the wide receivers that Virginia Tech had on offense, they would have been able to spread the, floor, the field a little more with Clemson's athletes. I don't necessarily – I mean, I've, I've kind of feel like I've got – oh, absolutely, I think Virginia Tech would have been a better matchup than Clemson. But now I think, you know, and I think that and I think that Clemson will be able to key in on Mr. Perkins, their quarterback for Virginia, and they're not going to allow him to be to have right. those sorts of running lanes that he had against Tech, which means that he's going to have to beat them with his arms, and they have much better quarterbacks at at Clemson than you know than probably most of the schools in the country, you know. And so it's you know I I just think that I mean back to your original question I. I they're going to blow them out, and they may do it with style because I think they can pick up some points from the committee. What are your thoughts, Jeff? I mean, I know I'm being. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I I, I agree. Uh, you know, you know Virgi- Virginia, you know, they, they won their game against Virginia Tech. You know, credit. credit they were breaking they streak. were Absolutely. Yeah, credit, credit them, and they, they were better that day. But Virginia Tech, would it's, it's still about matchups, you know, and I'd be – you can say Virginia is better than Virginia Tech, but when it comes to matchups, Virginia Tech would have would have been the tougher matchup for Clemson than Virginia. Uh, you know, with with Hooker, with the ability to spread the field, uh, Bud Foster, you know, with the aggressive style, could have could have crossed a you know um, some disruptive plays, and that's just not the way Virginia plays. You know, they're they're a little bit more ball control. Bryce Perkins is a great player. But he's only one guy, and with that that decimated secondary that Virginia has, and and you saw how they wore down defensively against Notre Dame, uh, or offensively with those ends, and I think that that's the same kind of thing. I think it's going to happen to Clemson. I, it's going to take a lot, a lot of mistakes by Clemson for that game to be, um, you know, less than a seventeen to twenty point win. I mean, Virginia, they're capable of of, of keeping the game close through a half. Um, I don't think they will. I think Clemson's going to come out on a mission, like Matt said, and 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 try to show something to the the, the committee. I don't think they can get to number one without help, though. They're going to have to have LSU and and Ohio State lose, I think, to reach reach that spot. But it's it's really hard to find a scenario where yeah, it's really difficult to find a scenario where where Clemson doesn't comfortably win that game. Well, I'll say one thing, guys, and I'll and I'll and I'll shift from the college football with this. Virginia Tech, I, I think. Well, first of all, like I think Virginia Tech has most of the people coming back on both offense and defense. Am I right, Matt? Oh yes, yes, yes. They're probably probably so they're yes, going to be it, it, they're going to be hella good next year. They they're going to be them. I like. I think the coach is going to be a lot much improved with them in Carolina because I think both. Tech in Carolina would be a lot better next year because they have almost all their guys coming back and they'll be a year older. And that would be you a got better, it. that would make, I think, for a better ACC in terms of challenge because I think Louisville would be a lot better too. And what's oh, no, definitely. And Jeff, Jeff, you can probably back. take this. Jeff, you can probably take this because you look at, at the players, but Virginia Tech's corners next year, I mean, 
the change in Caleb Farley this year of becoming like lost to becoming champ Bailey overnight has been nothing short of remarkable to me. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean that, a little a little facetious, but he's a, a, a he's turned he's played so well at corner, and I feel like yeah. he's become the next you know the next big DB coming out of Tech. Yeah, right. And, you know, following in the footsteps of you know the Fuller guys, he he, he looks favorably you know like those kind of corners, and and you saw Bud Foster be able to play the kind of defense in the second half of the season that we got so used to to seeing. I mean, he took that. Tremendous individual effort from Bryce Perkins in that game, you know, for Virginia to win. I mean, any less of a quarterback, you know, in Virginia Tech's in the ACC championship game. So, and, you know, Hooker coming back and and the ability to stretch the field, I I think you go into next season uh, with Virginia Tech. And I I really like North Carolina, too, as as your co-favorites in the Coastal for next year. I know Virginia – fans are pointing to a lot of returning starters, but I mean, you don't just replace Nobody a guy does. like Bryce Perkins. Yeah. They don't, right. they don't recruit well enough just to fill a hole like that. Yeah. So that's why I think the coastal will be all about Virginia tech and Carolina, which that's one of the components that HP needs for the league to have a better overall profile is a brand like Virginia tech to be improved. And as well as Miami as well as Florida State. We'll talk about Miami and Florida State another time because I don't have enough time to talk about Miami. But, <laughs> but the fact of that is, is that at least Virginia Tech will look like they got their shit together late in the season. And they should have won that Notre Dame, by the way. And the fact yeah. that they hung with Notre Dame on the road with the third-string quarterback is, was just amazing in and of itself. But, the fact, but nevertheless, the point is, that I think Virginia Tech and Carolina will should be forced to be reckoned with uh, in the course of next season. I think Wake will be much improved, particularly if the Surratt kid comes back. And I think that Louisville will be very much improved. So, I mean, the, I mean, the job that Scott Sedeker has done in Louisville has been nothing short of, of uh, remarkable. It's just, wow. That's, coaching really does make a difference. That's all I got to say about that. But uh, anyway, um, let's just move on right quick to the ACC, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. We'll get you all out of here on this. Um, it was a very, very, very even uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge. You know, Duke curb stomped Michigan State. I guess Coach K really lit a fire under the ass after that loss to uh, Stephen F. Austin. Uh, Miami hung on to beat one to win in Illinois. Uh, Florida State got knocked around a bit in Indiana, which I think Indiana is going to be very good. Um, also, but but early tonight, Virginia at Purdue happened. Purdue just oh, I was shocked. Oh, I was shocked so by that. Oh my God, I was went the entire time. I was like, ooh, you know that like you see a beat down so bad that you start to feel it. By the way, can I just say, can I just say, like the last ACC loss for Purdue was who? Virginia. This was it was a revenge game. Uh huh. It was a revenge uh, game. Yeah. Is it yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. No, before, before, before yeah. I, I should no, 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 no. I'm saying for 
Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, I guess I was going to say before that, right, because you, that was the tournament, right? But the uh, man, right. Virginia Tech had. beat those guys in the holiday tournament last year. Yeah, the Charleston yes, tournament. Yes, right, buddy. Florida State beat them in a tournament earlier this season, only a, a week and a half yes. ago. Florida State beat them. So yes, yeah. So, so here, so here's three loss Purdue with big bad Virginia coming to town. Number fifteen, fifth ranked team coming to town, and they just kicked their asses. They, I mean, decim- they, they decim- absolutely decimated them. Twenty nine points, sixty nine of forty. Can, can I and just then, say too? I mean, to, yeah, man, man. I mean, I was really impressed with the defense that Louisville played against Michigan. I mean, oh, they awesome. just absolutely shut them down. I was. I mean, they got no open looks. They rotated, like, like. I mean, they just rotated so well when they're on defense. I mean, and they they mm-hmm. are playing like they are a national title contender. I was really, I was so impressed with Louisville. Um, I was I, I was pleasantly surprised to see um, that Miami won on the road at Illinois. I, that's nothing. Yeah. I did not expect. I did not expect that. <laughs> Yeah, that was probably the most surprising result so far of the of the challenge was Miami, you know, getting that huge lead at Illinois and then hanging on because the Canes had not looked good uh, early in the season and that was that, that was quite a surprise. And, and yeah, was see, and, you know, Pitt, I didn't count that one. Pittsburgh is going to be a dark horse NCAA tournament, I think. I mean, I think yeah. that Jeff Capel's doing a good job there. And the other thing here, I mean, oh, to see good. Maryland drill the Irish the way they did tonight, I mean, Maryland is really good. I think they are really I good. Yeah, that was like good. I didn't expect it like that, though, Scott. I mean, I expect – because, you know, I, I have a lot, of, a lot of respect for Mike Bray. I think he gets a lot out of his players. Think. And they went out. And Maryland, Maryland is really – this is one of the best teams that they've had since the ACC days. I mean, they're very good. And this is one year, I mean, I, I know I sound like I'm, I'm talking like an old-timer here, but I would not mind seeing them play Duke. I would not mind seeing them play North Carolina. You know, I remember the days when Grievous Vasquez was hitting his hands on the floor of Duke. I mean, they they would they would be very fun to watch this year in the ACC. And, I, and they, they absolutely drilled Notre Dame. It was really impressive. It was re- really impressive. I didn't was not not impressed, of course, for for Notre Dame and how they tur- how they turned out. But I mean, that's my my take. There's that Maryland Maryland's legit. They're pretty good. Yeah, they are. They're going to be hella scary in, in the in the in the in the, uh, in the Big Ten. But how about with Michigan? I mean, I know Michigan got got the ass to beat by in Louisville, but you can't help but be happy, at least a little bit happy for Jawan Howard. And here's a guy who was his first time coaching on being a head coach on any level. Mind you, he was an assistant coach in the, in the in the NBA for several years, particularly in Miami during the LeBron years. Um, but for him, for 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 Michigan to not only spank Carolina, they beat down Gonzaga in the finals of the uh, Atlantis in, in the Balfour Atlantis tournament, and in, in, in the Bahamas. And they just came out of nowhere from unranked to top five, and it was deserved. It was it was deserved so. They they deserved that spot. And I think that 
you know, I already like Juwan Howard as, like, uh, as a coach, but I really love him as a motivator. And the fact that he can, should be able to get recruits given his NBA ties. So I think he's going to do a good job at Michigan, but I'm very happy for him this far. And, you know, I I'm, I, I can't get too upset about that because I, I really like Juwan Howard. I really respect, have a lot of respect for him. He's one of the even though he was he played in the NBA for several years, he's one of the stars of the Fab original Fab Five, along with Jalen Rose and uh, Chris Webber. I thought that he was the less heralded of the three, and he's he's doing he's doing work, man, coaching. And so, props to um, you know, prop, uh, props to Juwan Howard. He, he did a he did a he's done a good job so far in Michigan. So they should be a force to watch as well. But how about Georgia Tech, Jeff Fran? Your boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they showed up. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if I go that far. Nebraska's uh, think they were picked last or next to the last in the Big Ten, but uh, they they did have some good decent stretches tonight. And uh, Michael Devoe is is definitely uh, playing really well. I think he's one. Of, he's first or second in the ACC in scoring, and um, you know he's been one player really bright spot for them. Uh, they played. They played decently tonight. Maybe that's something they can build on. When is a win right now for that program? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I like Josh Pastner when he was in Memphis. I thought he did a decent job in Memphis. Um, but I, I, I just—he's been bad ever since he's landed in Atlanta. So. Is this a break a break year for him? I mean, he's been, how long he's been he's been under Jeff for like four or five seasons? I think this is year number four for him. I mean, yeah, if you were asking about okay. Passner, and and you know, I said this on our podcast, and and then the Georgia Tech fan in me, you know, regrets the day he was ever brought on campus. Uh, I think he's mm. he's embarrassed the he's embarrassed the school. He's been terrible coaching, especially since that freshman year. I mean, the first year. Uh, he hasn't been able to recruit. Uh, DeVoe is his only, um, you know, top 75 player he's been able to bring in. No surprise that's his best player on his team this year. Um, you know, and what really turned me off especially was was the NCAA sanctions. Uh, he, he was found, you know, not to be responsible uh, for it and cleared. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if you're the head of the program and those things happen on your watch, you, you've – you know, you're responsible at the end of the day. And with what happened to Missouri, they did their appeal in their football program. Even if Georgia Tech was to go on and, and, and have a good season, they're probably not going to get that appeal approved by the NCA and miss the tournament, scholarships, um, uh, the reduced number of scholarships and visits. And, you know, this all happened under Passner. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of this. I, I definitely can't. I definitely say that. I'm not a fan. Uh, I, I have no problem if they move on from him at any point in the next 18 months. They're going to fire him. He's looking to get, to, to, to get rid of him. I, I just think it's a yeah, bad trip because Georgia Tech has so many – such a great college basketball tradition under Ron Bobby Crimmins. And, you know, it's just a shame that it's come down to this with Georgia Tech. Um, you know, it's – I, I don't know, but who who the hell is the coach? Who the hell is the coach Georgia Tech? Like who who could they bring in to help them? I mean, I know I'm getting slightly off track here, but I'm just I'm just curious now. We're talking about how how can they write this ship? Is it is it salvageable? 
In your eyes, as, a, as, a, as an alum? Yeah, I think I think it is definitely salvageable because with, with college basketball, you know, uh, it's a lot easier to rebuild college basketball program than college football. It only takes, you know, one good recruiting class, like a couple of top 100 players and, you know, or, or a solid coach, and, and you can go from – you know, two wins in conference to making the NCAA tournament in three years or less. You know, we saw what what Buzz Williams did there at Virginia Tech. I mean, he turned them around, yeah. you know, r- really quickly. You could tell how improved they were as soon as he got there. And then he takes it to the Sweet 16 just, you know, a couple, I guess, three years after he got there. And, and um, you know, that was without like a, you know, top 25 type classes or top 10 type classes. He just did it through good coaching and good, um, you know, talent development. And, uh, you know, so there's multiple ways to get a basketball program back. And and Georgia Tech is definitely salvageable, you know, with the right coach. I I don't happen to think Passner is the right coach, um, but we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe he surprises me. (laughs) Well, we'll see what time will tell with that. Hey, uh, guys, enjoy. Well, first of all, thank you for joining joining me, man. And please, for all you out there, check check check, check out their work on the All Sports Discussion, ABC Sports Blog. You can follow these guys on Twitter as well. Jeff, can you give them your handle so that so that people will know where to follow you on Twitter? Yeah, you can um, find me at Talking ACC Sports. And you can also check out the um, All Sports Discussion Twitter account that uh, uh, Matthew and I uh, take care of, and that's All Sports D A C C. And Matt, who? How can they follow you, Matt? You can follow me on Twitter at at Hokey Smash underscore A S D. <laughs> nice. Okay, guys, enjoy with the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and hopefully. My beloved NC State and, and those damn Tar Heels can bring a home for a flight by Ford and make it this challenge salvageable. Take care, guys. Hey, your Wolfpacks are ahead right now, man. 10, 15 to 9. For now. <laughs> for now. For now. For now. They're ahead. First TV time out. 19 to 17. There you go. Seven minutes to go. There you go. All right. All right, buddy. You guys have a great week. All right, you too, Keep guys. Up alive, man. Take care. All right, that's, those are my guys, Jeff Fan and Hokey Smash. From the All Sports Discussion, ACC Sports Blog, please check them out. And one last thing I want to draw to a close with this. Tonight is a very special night for me and many other brothers of this fraternity, of a certain fraternity, and we'll get to that shortly. That on the night of December 4th, the cold night, and it in in Cornell University in Ithaca, New York, seven young brothers, Robert Ogle, George Kelly, Henry Arthur Callis, um, Charles Henry Chapman, Eugene Kiko Jones, Vernon Winston Tandy, um I don't think I'm missing one. Um formed a great fraternity known as Alpha Phi Alpha. And I am a member of this prestigious uh, fraternity, and we are 113 years strong, and we're not looking at any time soon. 
So I just want to give a shout-out to all my Alpha Phi Alpha brothers out there. Also give a slight shout-out to our children, Omega Psi Phi, Kappa Alpha Psi, uh, Phi Beta Sigma, and Iota Phi Theta, who are still stepping with the silence as they speak. Um, so shout-out to them as well. But uh, what can I say? We're the greatest. I'm probably the greatest attorney in the world. And as a, as a matter of fact, I'm going to end this by saying, giving out a hearty, oh, sick. Anyway, rush y'all to, like, enjoy your evening. Hope y'all stay warm. Hope you enjoy the HD Big Ten Challenge. Hope y'all enjoy the conference championships this weekend. And uh, all my friends, once again, stay chilly, stay ice cold, stay smooth. Y'all take care. Peace.